Hello, and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths, and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Today, I get to have a special guest. Sarah is joining us from South Carolina. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me this evening. I know it's a little late. Just a little, but not (laughs) anything out of the ordinary nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, especially with mamas, right? You never know how late we're going to have to be up or in the middle of the night. (laughs) Yep. So uh, Sarah, if you don't mind, um, just kind of giving us the listeners a little bit of an intro, Just, um, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Sure. So my name is Sarah Bilger and I am a wife and a mama of two. I have a two and a half year old and I also have a three and a half month old. (laughs) So He is brand new and I work full time as a mechanical engineer. And I also am newly certified in postpartum nutritional coaching and certified as a VBAC doula. And I also host my own podcast called Entering Motherhood. My word, you've got it all going on. (laughs) Busy mama. Absolutely. Uh, Mechanical engineer. Do you do that from home? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I went after COVID hit and everything started to go remote. I had switched over to a company that I previously worked for who was allowing all their employees to work remotely. So they are based in Pennsylvania, but I am in South Carolina working remotely for them. Isn't our world crazy these days, how we can do stuff like that? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It worked out really nice. So great. So do you have a boy and a girl? Yes, I do. Yeah. My oldest is a little girl and then our youngest is a boy. How sweet. So he's, he's pretty new. Three months old, you said? Yep. Oh, that's a ball of joy time, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Love all those giggles. It's been interesting going back to work right at 12 weeks. Wow. And then now he is still staying at home with me as I work. And, and that's been an adjustment. Has it been a a challenge or is it just been just new? Just new. I mean, for the most part, he's, he's a very good baby and I'm very fortunate that, you know, he, he just likes to cuddle like all little babies, I guess, but he's, he's very content as long as, you know, the diapers changed, he's fed and he's somewhere comfy. So. Uh-huh. Probably close to mommy. Yep. Yeah. That's wonderful. How great that you get to do that. Yeah. It's nice. So VBAC doula. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do you only doula for VBACs? So that is just currently something that I had gotten certified in because I was preparing for my own VBAC. Nice. So when I was looking for resources and such, I had found, you know, a course, and then it also allowed you to get certified as a VBAC doula. So I said, you know what, why not just go all in and, and get certified. So then, you know, when the time comes, I can help other moms. What a great way to educate yourself too. Yeah. So I guess I was kind of my first client. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Hey, that works. That's wonderful. I bet that felt um, pretty empowering to be able to just educate yourself and be fully trained like that so that you could kind of be prepared for, for whatever labor threw at you. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that was definitely something that, you know, I want it for myself and I want it to gain that knowledge so that I can be as best prepared as I could. I love that. Well, um, I'd love to hear kind of how, you know, why you came to Healing Trauma Mamas, how you joined our Facebook group and ended up hearing about us and, and kind of your journey. Um, I'm sure it starts with, with at least motherhood in the beginning, which I, I don't know your full story. So I'd love, love to hear if you don't mind sharing. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was, you know, in preparing for my first birth and, you know, going into my daughter's birth, I, I planned to have a completely unmedicated, no interventions kind of birth. And I prepared in all the ways I thought I was supposed to, you know, and I took the classes and I read all the books and I even did a prenatal yoga class. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, was I thought I would OBGYN or the yoga class. No, um, your who was taking care of you, your provider. Oh yes. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Yep. I had a, yep. Yeah. Traditional like OB office. Yeah. Just the and, standard, what you yeah, really expect to go do, right? What I thought the route was and mm-hmm. what I needed to do and, and how things would go. And I just, I was taking all the steps that seemed logical and doing all the things that pregnant moms were quote unquote supposed to be doing and Mm -hmm. prepping the nursery and having a baby shower and taking the photos of your bump like every week of course (laughs) you know like that was just the progression of of what I felt you know was how you prepare for a baby to come into your life and you know then it came time for my daughter to be born and things just didn't go to plan, I guess. Like they didn't work out how I had envisioned. Mm-hmm. And the, the first sign of any sort of labor with her birth was my water breaking. Oh, wow. That's unusual. <laughs> exactly. Like that yeah. was one of the top things that I was I was hearing like, oh, your water won't break. Mm -hmm. Like that's something of the movies and like, don't worry, blah, 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 blah. Like all these things. So when it happened, I was kind of, yeah, completely (laughs) off guard. I was not what we planned. Right. I just immediately, I was like, well, well, this can't be it because they said this wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. And that really just, you know, sparked me to be in a mindset of panic and fear. Darn it. (laughs) You know, like right off the bat. A loop like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, that was like, I did not prepare myself for, you know, what to do if my plan didn't go according to plan. Mm -hmm. You know, I I didn't make a backup plan. (laughs) It was just kind of, you know, like the course that I took and the books and stuff I said I was reading and everything about that. (laughs) Right. They just said, you know, like come up with your birth plan. Here's a spreadsheet that you can fill out with your, you know, hopes and wishes and just hand this to your doctor and everything will, you know, turn out the way it's supposed to. (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) (laughs) So did you, did you call a labor and delivery or did you head in or what did you do? 
So I was just basically stuck in the bathroom for a while, like kind of <laughs> just shock. sitting there. Yeah. in disbelief, like I, I tried to keep like standing up off the toilet. Cause I thought essentially I just peed myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Most <laughs> women do, <laughs> I just, you know, I kept on trying to stand up and fluid just kept on leaking out. So I called to my husband and I'm not sure who he called first or what had happened, but he finally like you know, heard from someone and they said, come to the hospital, like your water broke. You need to be here. Were you having any contractions? Not that I knew of. Okay. So, um, once we did get to the hospital and, you know, we explained what had happened, they were like, well, if your water broke, you need to be here and Mm -hmm. not knowing anything, Mm -hmm. I just consented and agreed and said, okay, like, I guess I need to be here. Well, of course. And It's your first time doing this, right? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know anything otherwise. And I just, okay, yes. Okay. I'm here. Mm -hmm. So they hooked me up and they said I was having some contractions, but, um, you know, I really wasn't feeling much of anything. And then once I started to feel something, I, I got a little hopeful. I was like, okay, like here it comes. Like baby's going to be here. Oh. soon who knows you know <laughs> like mm, i was just wishful wasn't... thinking right <laughs> <laughs> and right. they checked me and i wasn't even a centimeter dilated oh so no i was like okay well you know like maybe i could because like from what i had known or thought like i was like well you know dilation doesn't mean anything <laughs> and <sighs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But like hearing that and, and just like knowing that, like, I wasn't even remotely started, I guess, really just kind of caused me again to like have that panic and fear and, Mm -hmm. and become really stressed. And I don't think that my body knew how to relax or that I needed to relax. Yeah. I'm sure that was very difficult for your body and your brain at the same time. Cause yeah. people don't realize how much your brain and your mental status p- plays into labor so much. Yes. And I'm, I know, you know, now because you've done so much education, um, and, and, you know, reading and all the stuff that you've done, but, um, when you're the first time in that you have no clue and everything is so exciting at first, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it can be terrifying because you don't know exactly what's happening and you're expecting these people that you've gone to, to help you because right. they're the experts. They know what's going on and they don't usually give you a lot of information. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I was just listening to them and, and hearing what they had to say and, you know, they know better than I do. Like that was the mindset that I was in. So did that start as we call the cascade of interventions? Pretty much, you Mm -hmm. know, like it was a couple hours of labor. Like I was still like holding on to my, you know, I want to go unmedicated and like, I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And then, um, I started shaking and throwing up and, you know, again, like naive me is like, Oh, this is transition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That would be nice. (laughs) And here it was just me being in like complete shock and Mm -hmm. panic and fear, like fear ultimately. And, um, so, you know, like they were checking me constantly, like trying to see like where I was at and, 
you know, I had only gotten to two centimeters <laughs> and oh, I, it was, thing. it was rough. It was really, really rough. And so, you know, I remember just crying to my husband and like, I did have a doula. Um, but oh, I think, I think she might've been a little panicked oh, no. just as much as I was kind of like, I like, I didn't know like that this would, I don't know. I don't know like what had like happened, but like, I was like crying to both of them just saying like, I can't do this. Like, you know, like I need to make it stop. Like I just, right. I couldn't control what was happening to me. And that was causing me to spiral. Like it, it was coming, like contractions were going and I wanted it to just stop, mm-hmm. which is not like a good state to be in when you're, you know, like giving birth. It, it sounds like your happening. body was just terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And there was nothing that I could do to stop it from happening. How did your husband deal with that? Um, I think he just wanted me to feel, you know, safe and heard and he wanted to help me. He, he never Not in pain, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He never saw me like that. Yeah. That's hard for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I think it was really hard on him too, to see me crying, begging him to just make it stop. Oh yeah. Cause he's never done that before either. Right. No, I mean, like we were both convinced that we were just going to go in the hospital, like rocket baby was going to come out and like everything would be okay. And so I did, you know, end up getting the epidural Mm -hmm. and, you know, it helped me relax a little bit for the most part, but I still feel like my body just wasn't ready, prepared. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not sure I I can't go back. I can't, you know, judge what had happened in those moments. We kind of get frozen a lot of times. And that's like when there's so much being thrown at us, that is, then we feel out of control. Yeah. Um, we freeze. I mean, yeah. that's what, um, my husband's a police officer and he talks about this often because people talk about the fight or flight, mm-hmm. um, response he said, but they often forget the freeze. Yeah. Um, because that's a, that one honestly happens more often, um, for people is that they, they get things just get thrown at them and they don't really know how to respond. And in labor, your body doesn't even sometimes know what in the world to do. Cause this isn't what we were expecting. And you just yeah. freeze up. So it can't relax. It can't, right. it can't function the way it needs to. And you mentally can't cope with it. Yeah. So that's a hard spot to be in. I'm sorry that you had to, had to experience that. Yeah. How did that, that, I know we already mentioned the cascade because that gets, gets talked about often because that's what happens. And when you look back, you can see all the different right. little steps, right? Um, so yeah. you got your epidural and it calmed down for a little bit, or at least you could cope a little bit better. Um, did they let you stay that way for a while or how, how did things go? Yeah. So it came to a point of being after 24 hours of my water breaking that, you know, I still was not progressing far enough and I started to spike a fever. And at that point it was just kind of, 
you know, cesarean was being thrown into the conversation now. So it was just, Hey, like we've seen this, we see how, you know, this could turn bad and, you know, we just want you all to be safe. And, you know, I think it's like that perfect example of like you were saying, like cascading interventions Mm -hmm. and everything just all coming together. And I mean, after 24 hours, like I was exhausted and, you know, drained physically, mentally, in all sorts of ways. And I just, I can't explain exactly like what was going on in my mind at that point, because I feel like it just wasn't there, you know, like, yeah, I I think I was just completely like shut down. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had asked like, can we wait a little longer? You know, like, what does that look like? Like, I knew I still had a choice in the matter. It wasn't, you know, emergency situation at that point. And Mm -hmm. they were, you know, very kind and said, yeah, like, you know, like we can wait another hour or so and, and really just see how things progress. And I think from the moment that they had walked out the door until they came back, I was literally just laying there praying, like, what can I do to have this somehow end in a way that I want it to, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I was just saying like, you know, whether that be, I fully progress to a point that I can push or the doctors come back in and say, okay, like we need to prep for the OR. I just had sat there and kind of like, I don't know, stayed with myself and Mm -hmm. and said like, whatever is about to happen is what is supposed to happen, I guess. (laughs) That way you could be okay with it. Yeah. I was just trying to, yeah. I was just trying to, you know, figure out like what is happening and like, why is this happening? And when they returned to check me again, I still had not progressed far enough along. And, and so I went into the OR and I had a cesarean for my first birth. How did she do? Uh, was your daughter right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was pretty far down. Mm -hmm. And so it was a little bit of a struggle getting her out. And she was also, I guess, like sunny side up. Oh, nice. (laughs) So when they first (laughs) cut me, uh, her face was right there. Oh my. And and she was, she was screaming before she was out. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which was something I guess was unique and, and they thought was interesting, but, you know, being on that table, laid out, having them like knowing that they are cutting you open Mm. and, and having your baby out and you hear them, you hear your baby cry for the first time. And they say, Oh, like, that's interesting. Like what's interesting. Yeah. I was like, well, what happened? Like, why is she crying? Like, what's interesting? What's going on? Like, is she okay? And, um, they were just saying like, you know, like, oh, she's not out yet, but she's already 
crying. And, oh, and goodness. So, like, I didn't yeah. know if that was okay or normal or what. And, you know, I had decided not to get, there was, there was, um, I guess when they were prepping me for the OR, they had given me the choice of, do you want more or less medication? Do you want to, I forget how they kind of like phrased it, but it was like, do you want to be able to remember this or, or not? And I was like, yes, I want to, you know, remember the birth. I already, yeah. yeah, I already, you know, couldn't get the vaginal birth that I wanted. And now this was going to be it. And, you know, I had said to them too, like, Hey, like if we're going to do this, like, can we at least like, can she be on my chest and like, can this happen? And that, like, I was trying to like lay down some sort of framework of a plan that I did not even plan for. And, um, you know, after she was taken out, they tried to, my husband tried to like bring her over and show her to me, but there wasn't enough room, I guess, like available to put her on my chest without like interfering with them, like restitching me and everything. So they kind of, I guess, I don't want to say like rejected that choice, but like, they were like, Oh no, like not, not an option anymore. Yeah. And then, and then my husband had to leave. So I was just oh, there all by myself. Like he was able to do skin to skin with her and like be there with her. But I was stuck in this, in this state, like all alone. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was really kind of just like shocking because I had no idea what to expect. I mean, I didn't even, I knew what a cesarean was, but I had never known what all went into it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see pictures occasionally like, you know, of the, the drape or the, the mom with the hairnet on and things like that. But I, I had never even dug into it, you know, to the extent that I know now, I would say most people don't. Right. Like that wasn't on my radar. That wasn't a path I was going to go down. That Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, what I thought was going to happen. So why would I have ever, you know, looked into it? Right. So, um, so it it was shocking. I'm sure it was. Did you, when did you finally get, do you know how long it was before you were finally able to be with her? Um, it was probably about a half an hour. I would say it it probably took them like 10, 15 minutes to maybe stitch me up and like, get me right. And then I had to get wheeled into another room and then I was able to, um, you know, get to where my husband and her were. It was probably even longer than that. Honestly, (laughs) it might've been, yeah, I know you list that stuff out. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I bet it was longer than that actually, but you know, it's hard for you in that time frame to know what's happening. How was that recovery from the cesarean or Uh just, um, I mean, I didn't know anything otherwise. Okay. That was my first birth. That was, you know, again, just how I thought things were supposed to happen be. And I guess for the most part, it was a a smooth recovery from a cesarean. Like my, my scar wasn't very large. It was placed well. Um, but it was still, you know, major abdominal surgery. surgery. (laughs) Absolutely, You're, you're still going through, you know, a huge physical change and your body is still, you know, 
getting cut and, mm-hmm. and, and having to recover from that and the stitches. Mm-hmm. And, and then while you're caring for a newborn. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I had to sit propped up in my bed for probably at least a week because mm-hmm. it hurt so much just to lay down and mm-hmm. sit up to, to get her out of the bassinet every time she oh, needed yeah. me. So I just remained seated and, and slept propped up like on a pillow, um, for a while. And I also had, um, our bed is fairly, well, we have a different bed now than we did then, but, um, our bed was fairly high. Mm-hmm. And so I got a step stool to, to climb up and down get in and out of bed because oh. it just, it hurts so much to move my whole midsection. Oh yeah. Abdominal surgery. It, it yeah. Hurts. Even laughing yeah. hurt. Oh yeah. You know, I haven't had a C-section, but I have had abdominal surgery a couple of times and it yeah. is rough with that recovery is. is, is rough. And I can't imagine doing it with caring for a newborn at the same time. Yeah. I really don't know how you mamas do it. Just even, you know, like nursing her and holding her and and having to avoid that area. It was tough, Mm, man. Well, so then, um, how long was it before you, um, got pregnant again? So they're about two and a half years different. Okay. Is there anything you did in the meantime, um, trying to kind of like come to grips with what happened the first time and trying to, to like basically process everything? Yeah. I mean like so much and, you know, like I think after the cesarean and everything, I, I really felt like the choice that I made in the end was, you know, what I had to do and everything, but the whole experience was something that, like you said, I needed to process it first. Mm -hmm. I needed to really go through and ask myself hard questions and relive the birth and, and talk through it. And at first, you know, I passed it off like it was nothing. And I just, you know, moved on to the next phase, like just you know, okay, now now we're in the postpartum period. Like this is, Mm. this is how it is. And I think I struggled so much postpartum because I never processed the birth Mm -hmm. and I never processed like what I had experienced to the extent that I needed to. And also it was just hard adjusting to the new role as a mom and, and, you know, like moving on from, my old life and, and having to figure out, you know, who I was and the, you know, what they, I guess, kind of explain as like your identity crisis, like absolutely into motherhood. And that was something too, that I was totally unaware of before becoming a mom. It's the stuff that for whatever reason, most of us don't talk about. And, and most of us don't you know, it's a big change (laughs) want pregnant women or yeah, it's a huge change. Yeah. And what did you find? Um, uh, what was some of the big challenges and hurdles for you? So I think just 
understanding that I was different now and that was okay mm-hmm. was probably, you know, one of the biggest things that I had to accept. And I couldn't do, I guess, all the things that I used to be able to mm-hmm. do. You know, I, I needed to split myself in ways that I wasn't used to. And I, I had somebody that was my responsibility and dependent on me. And I was such a, I guess, independent person that that was a hard thing. I'm sure that was a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved her. I love her. Of course. I wanted to do everything for her, but I also had to understand that I still needed to be there for myself too. Mm -hmm. I have, um, found that I can just share for personal experience too. Like it's when your role changes like that, and there's this person completely dependent upon you. And then your relationship with your husband is different. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see them in a different light. They're a, you know, a father now, and that's amazing. And you see all these wonderful things, but then it's not you and him anymore. And there's so many challenges with that and wonderful things with that. Uh, It can be, I remember a few times thinking not quite, I wouldn't say resentful of the baby, but just thinking of like, well, if we didn't have the baby yet, then we could go ahead and go do this. Or this particular event or thing that we were trying to go do wouldn't be so challenging mm-hmm. um, at this moment because babies are challenging sometimes. <laughs> trying to go like where you might usually, you know, like say we might have usually went to the river for the weekend or something like that. It was it was an overhaul just to try to go do that. Um you know, we could have just jumped in the car and ran and just enjoyed ourselves for the weekend. And while we loved our daughter and taking her with us and stuff, it was like, we were packing the whole house to go with us just to go to the river for the weekend. Yeah. And I, I remember being overwhelmed by that a few times. I'm not sure if that's kind of, you know, how, how you were, but I, I remember as a new mom, just feeling a lot of different times overwhelmed, um, by, the, not just the responsibility, but all that came with it and how, how heavy it felt at times. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was too, you know, overwhelmed obviously, but like overwhelmed with, am I doing it right? Yes. And am I doing all the things that I should for her? And, you know, I was, I was second guessing my decision with the cesarean and, and having so many conflicting stories, Mm -hmm. you know, coming at me, the more I dug into research and the more I was like looking up things, I had convinced myself that I permanently, you know, damaged my daughter from day one. And that, you know, that's a scary thought. It is, you know, I would, I think it was either a book I was reading or something, but they were saying that, you know, babies born by cesarean are more likely to develop all this. And like, so I had convinced myself, like if my daughter has health, you know, issues, it's Mm -hmm. my fault. And, and once I started, you know, really digging into that, I also started saying like, these aren't normal thoughts. And like, you can't be beating yourself up for this. And, you know, I, I need it to 
get help because I was so fixated on, you know, I had done something wrong and Mm -hmm. uh, it was all my fault. So who did you reach out to? I basically started, you know, just talk therapy to begin with because I was, you know, probably about like six months postpartum-ish and like crying, like crying on the floor, like crying to my husband, like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm so bad at this. Like I'm a terrible person. Like I'm a bad mom. Like all of these like really dark, terrible thoughts were just like coming to me. And I was, I was not in a, I would say like a healthy state of, of mine, like my mental health, I just felt needed need it help. And I want it to heal. I want it to, you know, get to the root of why I was feeling this way. And, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't normal to be beating myself up to the extent that I was. Did you ever um, share that, which I know most OBGYNs only see you to six months or six weeks postpartum, and then they don't Mm -hmm. even see you again. And so you never even um, talk to them much. Did they ever do any type of like, um, postpartum depression screening with you or talk with you about it? Or did they just like, well, you had a C-section and this right. is, you know, the recovery. So you're better yeah, now. I mean, at six weeks, I don't even think that that was in my mind. I think I was yeah. just trying to figure out. You're probably just trying to keep your head over water. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of water I was really point. just, I was more concerned, like, am I healing? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, is my incision? Okay. Like, is everything physically okay that I don't even think I gave my mental state a second to Mm -hmm. register. Mm. That's right. And I think the only time that I was ever kind of, you know, asked or, or it kind of like clicked in some way was with my daughter's pediatrician. And he had said, you know, how was the birth? And, you know, obviously like my OB, yeah, (laughs) I did. I I could definitely see that. Yeah. Um, And I, I think I just kind of said like, it wasn't how I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt almost like embarrassed that I had had a cesarean. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I told him like, oh yeah, like it, it wasn't, you know, what we had planned and and she was born by cesarean. And I'm assuming he had known that, but because he took the time to ask me, yeah, you know, I think I was really appreciative of that to allow that space to, you know, here we are, it was the appointment for my daughter, but he took the time to see how I was. And that was mm-hmm. more than my OB had done, you know, they, they knew that I had had a cesarean and it wasn't something they were just like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, it went well, it it was a a good cesarean. And, and, you know, that's just how they explained it. And I think I had asked at that point, like, well, what does it mean? You know, if I have more babies, like, Yeah. yeah. Like, can I, can I have more kids? And, and, a VBAC wasn't even, I think something that was mentioned, it was just kind of like, Oh yeah, you can have as many cesareans as you want. And Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I think I was just in like such a state of shock and like overwhelmed that I was just 
okay. And, and left that appointment. I'm sure to also be feeling like that you had already, like your path was already set for you for in the future. Right. Since you ended up having a cesarean with her, that, that just meant, okay, that's what you're doing from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's hard. Yeah. So, you know, like after I, I started therapy and I really, you know, started working on myself, um, it was, you know, I had anxiety on top of everything and, and then it was kind of deemed, I guess, essentially like PTSD of reliving the birth and, and going through it and, and needing to process it. And what type of therapy did they do like EMDR or anything like that with you? No, no, just just basic talk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never dove into anything deeper, um, in regards to that, Mm -hmm. but you know, I, I think once I had really accepted that what I had been through was, you know, difficult and and hard to go through. And once I had, you know, I guess accepted it was trauma that, you know, I had been through and, and, you know, from mental and emotional stress and, and just the physical injury of it all. And within a 24 hour time span, I had gone a complete, you know, like 180 on, on my thoughts and vision and expectations and, and just, I guess, thrown into this new, any other time, if we were like uh, having a normal day that we expected to go just like a normal day. And we ended up with major surgery by the end of the day, that's traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it comes to birth, people are like, Oh, well, you know, that's an expected outcome from birth. And it's not, it shouldn't Mm-mm. be an expected outcome. <laughs> it should be the, the unexpected, the one that we were hoping to completely avoid. And it, it just, the fact that it's so commonplace um, now and people really don't view it as a major event. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. And I'm sure that played into how you feel felt about it that like, well, everybody else, you know, this person, I remember thinking, well, this person had, you know, trouble or this person for me, I didn't have a cesarean, but it had forceps mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it was very traumatic. And I remember thinking, well, this person said they did. And this, were, and I remember thinking, well, that person has C-section. I didn't have C-section. So mine right. wasn't nearly as traumatic. Mm-hmm. So I can yeah. only imagine, you know, f- how you felt. Um, I'm so glad that you, you sought help. Good yeah. job. Thank you. Yeah, for real. I mean, because but, that, that takes a lot. Yeah. And I think like exactly like you said too, I think that comparison with, well, Mayan wasn't as bad as this person, like mm-hmm. because I didn't have an emergency C-section right. and because like I wasn't rushed in there. Like I thought, oh, well, people have it worse. Yeah. So like, how could I even, you know, begin to say that what Mayan was, was traumatic. You know, I think we always downplay our own um, for some reason. I don't know if it's it's a coping mechanism or (laughs) what we do, but we always downplay our own experiences when, when no, we don't need to do that at all. Right. And I think, you know, like, that's what I've learned. It's just, it's 
really unique to each of us. And like, we can't judge whether or not someone's experience is bad enough to be deemed traumatic. And I think, you know, the, the biggest person that we have to tell that to is ourselves. Yep. Absolutely. And we have to, you know, remind ourselves that, you know, what happened was huge and it's okay that we need to, you know, heal from it and really, I don't know how to say, but like be able to go beyond it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need to just say it what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's in our own, right. In our own personal journey, it is, you know, traumatic for us. Like there could be somebody, you know, that gets their finger pricked and that's traumatic. I think like we can't really judge where that line is drawn. Yeah. It's so individual. Yeah. And our, our past experiences have so much to do with it and then how we internalize it and then whether or not we seek help afterwards and are able to talk about it and get work through it some. And even when, and I'm sure you can talk about this, that even though you were able, you sought help and you went and talked about it and stuff, it doesn't change the fact that it was still traumatic. Yeah. It just changes the way that you're able to, to work through it and be able to move past it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, once I really allowed myself to say that it was traumatic mm-hmm. and gave myself that permission to Ugh. heal and want to heal, it really started to just peel back so many layers that I wasn't even aware of. And, and that was even, you know, prior to the birth of my daughter, like that was, you know, traumatic experiences that were in my life before her. And I really just opened up, I think, a whole healing journey that I never expected was going to happen, but was so needed. Oh. Um, and and that's, I'm sure that came out just in you as a whole person, but then even in your mothering after that, mm-hmm. after starting to work through all that, how that would change you from a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, being able to, ex- I feel like, you know, like when, when we were able to talk through some of those things and we're able to accept ourselves better mm-hmm. and then understand how we're reacting or or, or holding back in certain areas. And just even just you talking about that, I was, I was starting to get teary eyed because I was thinking some of the same things that being able to just tell myself, Hey, that was traumatic. Mm -hmm. And it is okay to say that that was traumatic. It's okay to say I experienced this and it was awful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it still feels funny sometimes when I say it, like having, to, you know, voice that and say like, oh, it was a traumatic experience. Like I still kind of get that like sheepish feeling of, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as somebody else's. I still, you know, I hear that in the back of my head and I say, who am I to, you know, talk about this and, and be so adamant about it. But, you know, 
what I've experienced and healing from it, I think is something that all of us need to give ourselves that permission Absolutely. to accept it. Cause your experience matters. Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, who, however many other women have had C-sections, you know, in the world, or even just say in your city, right. Your individual experience matters right. and being able to, to voice that. I mean, good job, because I, I feel like that is, is half the battle and half the continuing battle <laughs> being able to just say, you know, what happened and even just that, yeah, that was bad. That, that was a bad experience that I had and not compare to anyone else. Um, and I think part of, I think as women, a lot of times we even if nobody in the room has said anything to us about something, if you're like me, I automatically think what they might be thinking. So if I said, you know, I had a traumatic experience, like me personally, um, I grew up in a cult. And if I said something like that, well, it was bad. Then my automatic is, well, but it wasn't nearly as bad as this person's experience because they mm-hmm. had this, this, and this, I at least had some good come out of, you know, it. And again, downplay our own situation just because we think somebody else probably had it worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we're kind of told like, we need to be grateful for what we do yep. have. And, mm-hmm. you know, I am, I absolutely am like grateful for everything, you are. but it's also, you know, it can be an and like, you know, I'm grateful. And I also had a traumatic experience. Like yep. we're allowed to be both. And I think that's hard to process a lot of the times. And it's a conflicting emotion because we don't see that often enough, or it's not talked about enough that, you know, you can be this and that. Absolutely. Well, and, and I, I think I'm thinking, um, for myself, I, I, uh, the last, um, birth I had was very traumatic. And I remember our pastor had came over to see our newborn and he just was smiling. And he said, well, I just can't believe the ease with which you give birth. And I just started crying and he had no clue what he had said and how that made me feel. But cause I was thinking, well, that's right. I should be grateful. I should be happy. I should be, you know, thankful that I have this baby and I was able to have, but inside I was hurting so bad and Mm -hmm. I was, had been so traumatized, but I couldn't voice it. And that's, I I think the same thing there that, you know, like it's okay to say, and yes, I'm so thankful that I have a beautiful, healthy baby. And that was terrible. (laughs) Right. And I shouldn't have had to experience that or, and, you know, I've got a lot of recovery to do. Right. And like I was saying too, like, you know, before becoming a mother, I, I was very independent and very stuck in, I needed to be strong and, Mm -hmm. you know, like not let anything get to me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was very like, not that I didn't share my emotions or wasn't like an emotional person, but it was, you know, I can, you know, recover from this, I can move on and I don't need to, you know, process what happened. Mm -hmm. It's just, let's just move on and 
chug through and, and keep on going. And, you know, what I have done now to really process my past and, and what has occurred in my life, I think I have become even stronger Mm. to get to that point of vulnerability absolutely, and and allow myself to, you know, relive it and reprocess it and see it in a different way. Absolutely. And I think it's so, so worth it to, you know, find that healing. Absolutely. And and do you find that it's a continuing process? It's not oh, just yeah. a, yeah, it's not a, okay, we went through that. Now I'm done. Mm-hmm. That's not how trauma works. <laughs> yeah. It's and, always going to be there. It's always something that I'm, you know, working on and working mm-hmm. through. And, and I think, I think that's like a really awesome part of it. You know, like you keep on seeing, like I said, like how many layers you can really peel back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's plenty, aren't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you think? Um, so, how did that affect going into your son having your son? Was it night and day difference? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah. I think because I did so much work on on really healing myself and and getting to a point of where you know I am at now it, Mm -hmm. it helped tremendously, you know, how I was talking about the fear and really just being scared in that moment. I had, you know, processed what would happen or what it would be like if I ended up in a repeat cesarean, Mm -hmm. but I ultimately was hoping for the V back. And I think just everything leading up to it prepared me in, in such a new way. And I think mentally preparing myself was a step that I didn't think of before with my first Mm -hmm. and, you know, going through different courses and certifications and, and processes to get me to be in a state, um, I guess, to prepare myself for his birth in the sense of, you know, expecting what, what might come or what might Mm -hmm. happen and things like that. And really being like, okay with it. I think we definitely really, we definitely focus. We definitely focus. I'd say more on the physical aspect of it, Mm -hmm. like all the time, right? We talk about coping mechanisms, you know, childbirth education class. That's all about talking generally about this is the process and this is what you need to do to deal with the physical pain and the mental aspect. A lot of times is really put on the back burner and not addressed. Yeah. And I think it really goes hand in hand. I think if our mental state can be at a place that it needs to be, it makes the physical side of things easier to go through. I mean, it it was from going from a cesarean with my first to a completely unmedicated birth Mm. for and vaginal birth for, you know, my second, Mm -hmm. I just, I was shocked myself. I was, you know, in complete awe 
How empowering. Of, of what had, yeah. I, you know, I just remember, you know, having that moment of him on my chest and holding him and saying like, wow, like I just did this. Like, like you were on top of the world. I bet. Yeah. It was <laughs> such a, you know, healing and rewarding moment all in itself. And that's wonderful. Yeah. So, um, I would love to hear about since then, I, I know he's three months old. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the time in between when you have a podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. So I started my podcast, um, you know, January of 2021. So a little over a year and that was a result of, you know, figuring out what had happened, you know, it was part of my healing journey Mm -hmm. with my daughter and the trauma that we had been through and really just kind of like diving into, you know, what was going on postpartum and what was happening and asking all these questions and talking to all these people and, and figuring out all of these things. And so I was already having all these conversations and, and meeting all these people. And I said, you know, why not record this? And why not, you know, allow this to be something for mamas to, you know, tap into if they are feeling the same way. And it has really just kind of evolved into such an amazing experience and I've enjoyed it so much. That's great. So, So what's the name of your podcast? It's called entering motherhood. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So, um, do you just talk to other mothers on there? Yeah. So we've had, you know, midwives and doulas, other moms, chiropractors, um, just people that, you know, are in the birth space and, and are doing things to help moms. Well, I will make sure that we, we link the podcast and your website, um, in the, in the show notes, um, for our listeners so they can go check you out for sure. Um, yeah, we're, we're coming up on a hundred episodes and I'm excited. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. How wonderful. Had you ever thought about doing a podcast before? No, never. <laughs> I think it was just one of those things, you know, like as I was, I was going through, it was kind of like shouting out to me, like, you need to tell your story. You need to, you know, get this out there. You need to, you know, just share your voice and, and get what you're finding out, like available to them. So, well, thank I you so much it. for doing that. That's, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Cause I haven't got to listen to it yet. So, yeah. um, that's, that's going to be on my list for my drive tomorrow to, to get to get to listen in. So I'll yeah. make sure and, and share that with the listeners. Um, yeah. And I thanks. have, um, a couple of, you know, short mini episodes of little things that I have found that have helped me heal in my journey of like healing my trauma. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Um, let's make sure we get those, um, exact ones so I can, I can link, um, to the healing trauma mamas. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing part of your journey, um, with us and, and for being, you know, an integral part of the, the Facebook group. Um, I know you've, you've been a member on there for a while now and really appreciate it. Is there anything that you, anything that you'd love to, to just share with the listeners here? I think just, you know, 
allowing people to understand that we can heal from our trauma and it is possible, you know, like I was saying earlier, we're never going to forget it. It's always going to be a continuing journey, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, it's worth starting and, and allowing ourselves to, you know, get to a place of healing. Yeah. Taking those steps to, to, and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and seeking, do you still see, um, your uh, counselor or therapist? I'm not sure which one you yeah, were going to. Yeah. I don't That's go good. as often, but I, you know, I still, you know, seek someone to talk to and, and help with that. And good. I encourage everyone to do that, to, to find somebody in your area that you can talk to. And now, I mean, we were talking earlier, you know, before we started the podcast is technology and the world mm. today. I mean, there is so much that you can do, um, online and there's so many, um, resources that we have. Um, so there's, there's really, I mean, no reason not to seek help except for you just in the way of yourself. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, realizing that it it is okay. Um, wherever you are at this point in time, even if you are like Sarah, you know, on the floor crying, um, at some point in time, it's okay. And it will get better. And today is the day to take the step for some healing. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your Creator, so be who He created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time, Shalom.